Hey, Danny. Hi, Lance. Hi, man. <laughs> well, hi, man. Here we are. The holiday season, our third episode in the holiday uh, season of 2020. Merry Christmas. We're talking about all the Black Christmas movies, and we are on the latest edition. Black Christmas 2019. We're here, baby. We've uh, made this it. This is the uh, what is it? This is last year. Last year, this movie came out. Yeah. What about it? What about it? What happened? Not what. How about that? How about that? Movies are coming out. Uh, uh, last year, and it looks like remakes are still a thing. Well, okay, we 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 got to talk about this. This is like ah, I did that on purpose. Yeah, this is the rights changing over, and uh, we got our dimension version of Black Christmas, which was a unfortunate telling, uh, reimagining, as Daddy said. Put yeah, it. I think that was more of a, of a. I have the the names, and I have the property, and I'm going to make whatever the hell I want. Uh, right, with the last one. And there's something that I think is so similar about Blumhouse, who owns the rights to Black Christmas now and made this movie, which looks just like every other Blumhouse movie at this point, except for Halloween uh, 2018. Uh, But Blumhouse is kind of putting out the same stuff that Dimension Films put out, which is it always looks the same. You're going to get some young teenagers that are current and hip. There's a shiny look to the films. And we have Black Christmas 2018, a classic, 1974, that we think is a classic. And a lot of uh, hardcore horror fans think the same of. Uh, we've already had one re-envisioned uh, tale, and now we get another one. I think this is the most clear departure from the source material that I have ever seen. Yeah. The clearest departure from the source material as yeah. far as using the same namesake. Mm-hmm. Is this movie? Yeah, and I think so often it becomes like such a a sad thing for a franchise, or when it becomes a franchise, or when you take a classic name like Black Christmas, which is such a great film, and then you use that to make something so different and modern. You want to make it modern? You, yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, you know these movies being a, t- a testament of their times. Uh, or, you know, it heavily influenced by their moment uh, mm. in history. Uh, this one's no different. Right. But, uh, yeah, when I say that this is the clearest departure from the source material of any horror film remake or any name using the same namesake, I can tell you the or we can tell you the uh, similarities between this one and the original Black Christmas using one hand. One yeah. finger, actually. Are you going to say it? Claude, Claude. Det. <laughs> Claude, uh, remember him? Yeah. The mysterious uh, the, the, cat the, the, that the, led everyone to trouble in their the death. Beacon of death, the, yeah. the the honing device that leads you to your death. Uh no more Claude. It had been named renamed, renamed Claudette, and that's it. Um they say Claudette. Oh my gosh, I'm up, and that's it. Still, we got a sorority house. And it is Christmas time. But there is no Billy uh, right. reference. There is no one villain reference uh, or, or use of. Um, right. Yeah, it's still like the end of if it's going into the fall break. But as far as direct references or source material use, it's the cat. And even then you change the name of the cat. Yeah. Claudette is now a female Claude cat. To Claudette. Okay. Danny, give us our pumpkin spice eggnog of Black Christmas 2019. 
Black Christmas 2019 centers around a group of sorority sisters again, mm-hmm. uh, this time at a new college where they are um, amidst winter break being harassed and or followed, stalked by a hooded figure and or figures um, and how they deal with it whilst coping and uh, dealing and trying to live through uh, some other horrible acts that may have happened in their past. And that's it. Right off the bat, we know that this is a different film because we get a slasher-esque sense. We get a kill right off the bat. Um, but we actually see the killer. We see the cloaked figure and a mask in this. It kind of reminds me of a Sorority Row, which I never actually watched. Um, the remake version, which ah, I right, think was right. another Blumhouse thing. But it kind of reminded me of that where it's just... We had the original House of Sorority Row was, was phenomenal. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. But they remade it, and I couldn't care less. And but, they just called it Sorority Row, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think there's like a killer in there that's just kind of the same as this guy, where it's just black coat, cloak, and a mask. So anyway, this is now a more traditional slasher where you have a killer and chasing a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses an icicle for his kill. Great. There's... Something there. Those are dangerous. Those are very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, um, not a lot of icicles I've ever have. Uh, I've never. I haven't had a lot of uh, time to deal, or like I've never dealt with a lot of icicles in my past in South Texas. Same. I mean, when it does freeze there, it freezes. You know what I mean? But it's few and far in between. So like, yeah, I know that icicles are dangerous. Hell, Ralphie shot one and it almost took his eye out. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. So there it is. Yeah, an icicle fell off the roof, and yeah, yeah. Wait, that didn't Christmas story. Does that have any? Does that have a connection to Black Christmas? The it original? does. I don't think we mentioned that before. Yeah, because Bob Clark, the director of the original Black Christmas, directed and produced a Christmas story. So my two favorite holiday films were directed by the same guy. How about yeah. that? Bob Clark, genius. Also gave us Porky's as well. That's it. <laughs> Porky's. Porky's was very important to me when I needed to watch it. If you get what I'm saying, but that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfectly so. I'm not like looking for porkies nowadays. This is, I've grown up. All right. Um, so this film, we open up uh, again, kind of a plethora of characters like the original film, um, not in the same light, but in a, a way of we get to meet some of the sisters. We open up a lot of uh, storyline for them. I will say that the camaraderie is really evident here. Though. Yes, it is. It is the. The relationship between the sisters being close, it's there. It's there, and it's even when they bicker, it's still a it's a sisterhood. Like they still come together. Absolutely, and they know each other's personality. I think that was very well portrayed on this. Um, we we go into some interesting avenues on this on this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into their their performance. I mean, we can get right to that. Yeah. So um, there has been a traumatic moment by the lead character um, Riley, played by Emojin Poots. <laughs> love saying her name um so she is the victim uh, and survivor of a sexual assault by a frat boy who is is it their is it their the brothers is it the sister brother frat like there is it their counterpart or is it just like the assholes on campus i think it's just the assholes on campus i don't yeah. remember there being a connection on this one i mean look they call them the deeks right yeah are there deeks because if this is just a reference to a real asshole fraternity that I've tussled with in my past, I'm like, you got it spot on. Yeah. Uh, who go by a name like that as well. Pikes. 
Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, the point is, is that, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting, ed, uh, goal or adventure that the writer producer writer director set off on in the sense of like, this is an important story to tell. And this is a, this is a, uh, all too familiar women, not being, Listen to and men running the goddamn world sort of thing right. and they just the the amount of horseshit that women have to go through on a daily basis and not and couple that with the idea that now you have to also throw in uh testosterone fueled young men and young women in college when they're trying to figure themselves out yeah. as far as like which avenue so so all that to be you know it's you hear all the time oh the uh attacker was just this, this the rich dude white dude who got uh who's in the right fraternity or has the right connection so all that is all those elements come into play here um but we we see a character in riley who's a survivor but um you know she's she's not totally defeated she's mm-hmm. kind of living her life yeah uh you, she's not like a hermit or anything. She hasn't like gone into seclusion or anything like that. But there's definitely a uh, activist sort of feel with this tight group of girls. Yeah, um, Riley's very independent. I, yes. I feel like uh, unlike the first two Black Christmas movies, which none of these are really related, um, but she stands out immediately as our main girl, our, the girl we're going to follow as part of her story. So that's a difference that we can talk about is I mean, we do we do see when you I, I forget that you uh, that there is that there is that small co- um, similarity between actually that that all three of them share is that someone does get killed right away. Mm-hmm. So there's at least that. But uh, the first two, it was Claire in a with a bag over her face. And this one is ju- uh, I, nobody really shares any of the names from the original or the the second telling of it. Uh, but this one, she's just being like, you know, harassed and, and followed from home. And, you know, you see the, the self-defense techniques that they teach women to yeah. fight off attackers, the keys through the hand. So like all of that is so vivid and is so real. And it's like, you're seeing it in an avenue that's like, this is not like a higher learning movie or like a teen drama or, or, or a drama at all. This is in a horror movie. So mm-hmm. I think that this movie was very ambitious in the, in what it was going to tackle. Yeah. It's hard enough to make a good horror movie as it is, but what they did do uh, well was flesh out some characters. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really do believe that. And again, we go back to the sorority part of this, like, the females that we are following, we're pretty comfortable with them. Like we, we know who, who they are. They kind of hit some, I don't want to say stereotypes cause that's not correct. I but don't they think do, they, they do hit some familiar tropes. Yeah. You know, cause you have your, so you have definitely Riley who's pretty middle of the road as mm-hmm. far as how she's being portrayed. Uh, you've got, uh, her, uh, the activist uh, gung ho. Uh, we're gonna take down the patriarchy. We're gonna right. hit him, you know, in the face. We're gonna make it uncomfortable. Uh, sign my ca- petition. Yeah, sign my petition. Character who's uh, you know uh, almost like her best friend, and her name is Chris. Uh, we got another one who's like you know um, I'm. They, she's got the boyfriend that she's always towing along. So it's like there's there's a little bit of representation as far as like what you might find in this you know sorority house uh just a, a eclectic 
group yeah. of different characters. So at least that I'll say uh, was done well. It was very flat. It was the characters were very fleshed out, and I cared. I I don't. Yes, I did care about them, but I but I also felt like I knew all of them. Yeah, at least the first, at least the top. When I say top two, I don't want to be a spoiler. Like you know, two people only make it, but it's like uh, you know uh, the main. T- so it's like main girl uh, Riley and Chris are are pretty much kind of setting themselves a, uh, apart from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like a it's a four girl tight group, uh, it's pretty much referenced quite frank uh, quite frequently, but. Uh, they have a relationship, Chris and Riley, that's different than everyone else's. Because, you know, it's like you got your group of friends, yeah. right? Your tight group. But in that group, there's the one person that you are drawn to more than the other. Right. So. Uh, one thing about this, this is a horror film at the end of the day. So in the very beginning, we get a kill. And then mm-hmm. for a while, we go without the kill. Phone calls are gone. But now we get the I'm guessing it's like a. A college app where you can kind of yeah. So they ditched the phone calls and uh, I'm gonna lick your this and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is now a uh, first of all, it takes place at a uh, university or college named Hawthorne. So Hawthorne College or University, and um, it's kind of showing and highlighting. Well, it, it you really only look at it through Imogen Poots' character. You look at it through her eyes and how she's dealing with... It's revealed later that she's not the only one getting these harassing texts, these weird texts. And when I say weird, I mean it because the founder is the account she's getting mm-hmm. the texts from. By the way, the founder, that's how they like start the movie, right? They, it was a quote from the founder. Kind of reminds me of like Nightmare on Elm Street-ish or whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Edgar Allan Poe thing. Yeah. Go with me. <laughs> no, but so she's getting, she's getting these texts from the founder. And I, when I say weird, the dude has been dead for a hundred years, but the picture icon is of the bust of the founder mm-hmm. who it is revealed that Chris, her friend, the activist friend that she has was able to get that bust removed from its prominent place, uh, because he was a racist, uh, slave owner. Uh, so you know, it goes through type of uh, plot points and and storylines that you are being introduced through throughout the beginning here. Right, and it's it's a modern way to set up the phone call thing because uh, nowadays you have caller ID, you have all these other things, but this is like an app, I think. So this is like a direct message sort of thing where you can't really track who it is. I think anyone can kind of get a hold of you yeah, on these things. Yeah, it's like it's. I, I just I had left uh, university when they these things were being like rolled out, right? So I don't really have a lot of experience with them, but it's like the yeah, it's uh, the original concept of Facebook. I think it was just for college kids. Yes, but, that's when it was cool, right? When Facebook was cool, yeah, uh, long time ago, long long time ago, long time ago. Um, but yeah, so here we are. Um, we're getting some characters that we're uh, you know learning about, and but that um, thing that I talked about recently that then. The most important thing is, yes, Riley is a victim of sexual assault and she and Chris have created, as you mentioned a little while ago, a song. So let me get this. Let me, let me make sure I got this right. It's uh, they're they're kind of dressed like the Mean Girls. Oh, maybe there is a, a connection between all three of them. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Lacey I just got Chabert it. Or, I, I, okay. One of yeah. the Mean Girls, and they're dressed in the the Santa hat and the in the top like the Mean Girls do in yeah. Mean Girls. So they're going to do the. It's like the Deke's Got Talent, where they all these sororities and fraternities come and they do like performances or whatever. 
So they're going to do the song. What's the, what's the actual original song? Oh, I don't know. Oh, ho, ho. Up on the house. Oh, St. Nick. Okay. That, that, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Oh, that okay. song. So they take that song and they remix it to uh, Up at the Frat House. And it's basically a remix, <laughs> a remix of that song telling the story of her being assaulted by the president of the Deeks last year who is returning for this show. So he's in the audience and she isn't even, she's not even supposed to go up. Right. Yeah. A friend of hers gets ill. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's five girls, four of them <sighs> are going to perform. And Riley is the one, I guess that wrote it, you know, but she's been according to Chris and this is going to come up her very pushy out right. there friend who is just like in your face about activism, which is like, I, I get it. I'm not trying to say all that has a place it has a place and i think that there should be quite frankly a lot more of it what becomes for me a bit of a i'll say turn off is when you are using my real tra- and i'm just speaking like personally yeah. if you're using something that i went through traumatic like a traumatic experience and you're using it for your agenda to further your timeline and what you're comfortable with right. i don't i don't like it no me gusta i hate it yeah. you know it's not for you to decide when I'm okay to deal with the trauma I'm dealing with. That being said, Riley is functioning. She may not be her vibrant self. That's what Chris says. She may not be the way that she was before the assault, but she's like working at a coffee shop. She's talking, like she's going to class and stuff. Um, Oh, we got to talk about class here in a little bit. Um, But it's, it's the way Chris approaches her that's like, I'm going to use, even though you're my friend. So what, are you an activist and are you pushing your agenda first or are you my friend, sorority sister first? Right. Which one is it? Yeah. And there is a big moment and meltdown between those two characters. So I guess, because, you know, it's you got to be, you're tentative to be like, well, you know, what am I how am I feeling or about this? Or is it just because is it the actor? Is it the character? You know, that's very hard. Sometimes when you're watching, you're trying to watch object, uh, subject, object, uh, non biasly. <laughs> you're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> I get fumbled on words for folks. I'm sorry, but, um, yeah. So that was a huge thing that like really like put up, you know, itch, hitching my giddy up or an itch my crawl sort of thing. I don't like that. I don't like it when people do that because that has happened to me before. Yeah. And where people are like, oh, you went through this. Let's go. Let's go do this. We're like, well, parate. wait a minute. Yeah. I'm dealing with it. Yeah. You didn't happen. It didn't happen to you. It's okay not to be okay. Right. So yeah, you get, you have to find your way. And when you are pushed, I lo- and luckily like that part was told where they do finally clash Yeah, because she is kind of pushed into things that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to do this performance. And by the way, her friend went home because she was about to be possibly sexually assaulted. It was a, right. Very, I yes. don't want to do this. I'm in a bad situation. And luckily Riley comes to save the day. Yeah. And sends her friend home. You go deal with this. It's okay. Nothing right. happened. So I but, think Riley wrote the song, but was never going to perform it. Right. And she doesn't want to. And she yeah. even says he's out there. Yeah. So we know that she's uncomfortable being a part of this and, and going out there. So she ends up doing the performance. She freezes when she sees the the head deacon. Um, a dickhead. And he's like, dickhead. like <laughs> if you have been accused of sexual assault and you miraculously were able to 
you know, calling enough connections and all that shit and be this huge dickhead. Why are you act? Why are you going to be super dick and like wink at her, knowing that you're like, uh, haha, I got away yeah. with it. I'm like, you piece of shit. <sighs> I, and you know, when I'm when I'm wrestling with these, like, how do I feel about these things? If Chris was a man and was a pushy friend, I would feel the same way about mm-hmm. it as I do. I don't not siding with the frat boys. As a matter of fact, all those dudes look like the dickheads that I got in fights with when I was in college. So fuck them. Oh. <laughs> fuck them all. Uh, that's one thing. I, I mean, I don't want to go down the whole list of everything that happens, but I want to talk about the fact that uh, these these frat boys are portrayed in a way that, yeah, you, you hate them right away. Most of the guys in this thing you hate right away. Uh, there's like two. There's two like there's, okay, silver linings. So there's two silver linings, but this is another playback, I think, to the original where you kind of go like, oh, are you the killer? Sort of. We kind of pin it on like we never know if they're a yeah. good guy or not. This is where we're at right now as horror fans, though. This is where we're at. We're told to suspect everyone, which I didn't think was what the original intended there was no intention on that right. it just kind of naturally happened and <laughs> with that film i think uh again i want to say naturally but this film the the characters what's happening it makes you feel uncomfortable and there's something i want to say about that because so many conversations so many characters make me feel uncomfortable and that's the point i think sure. uh, that was being written and the, the point of the film um I, I think it's I don't think it was done quite as well as it could be because there has to be an entertainment factor to it. Well, and I feel like that was a little lost. I feel like we've kind of painted a nice picture as to what we haven't talked about one. I mean, yes, we've talked about the kill, but we haven't talked about more. So more so elements of horror. This is a horror podcast. Right. We judge this movie based off of its horror film right. capability and, you know, effectiveness. All that we said was about, you know, characters and subject matter. All that is completely, you know, well done and, you know, it's it, it, kudos, it stands. All that being said, as a horror movie, I do not like this film. Yeah. It just because I think the subject matter, which is a hot button topic and it is a test of the times was set up. And then the payoff, they're like, oh, shit, we're making a horror film. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to get to get to is like you you get the horror movie opening, you get the slasher, and then we open up this world and you kind of settle in like, okay, this is a movie like these movies need to be made. These statements need to be made. We need to feel uncomfortable about these situations and wake up people. But then all of a sudden, after everything's kind of opened up and you settle into, okay, this is what the film is. All of a sudden, it's like, it's a horror film. And now we got like the cloaks coming after the girls. Like it, cut, it, it cuts you off to a point of like, wait, wait, what movie am I watching now? And that's when we get into the horror movie section of, oh, yeah, we got to fit this in because it, it's Black Christmas. It's a horror film. There's a reason we're making this. Right. And now we get into the horror movie section. Which is kind of B movie at best. B movie I mean, at best. Look, 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 the payoff is ridiculous um, as far as what the horror twist is. Um, when I talked about class earlier, the main character of uh, Riley is in class with Carrie Elways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From Princess Bride, he's Wesley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the doctor in Saw, mm-hmm. the original Saw. So, Doctor Gordon, I believe. Dr. Gordon. No, that's not going to work. But anyway, uh, that's just, just me trying to do Jigsaw. It's for a later episode, I'm sure. 
No, she's in there, and uh, I believe he teaches English. That, well, he is a tar- he's been a target, and he is currently a target uh, again by Chris, the activist, her activist friend, who is targeting him because uh, he doesn't have any diversity in his syllabus, and Chris doesn't get the brunt end of his right sort of passive aggressiveness. Riley gets it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "So I would like to say." It's hard for me to teach class. That was actually that was good. That was okay. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to teach class. I'm teaching the classics. You know, he it's Carrie Elway's. You know, doing this professor's. I guess it's an English accent, but he's an American, so he's. He, I think he's like permanently doing English accents this whole life. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what he got hired for. In yeah, this one. <laughs> but he he alludes to it. He said it's hard for me to do to, to teach this when I'm being sued. Right, so. You know, it's hard because Riley's eating the passive aggressive nature of this uh, professor. Professor, uh, carry out. Oh, he <laughs> just puts it all out there. He's like, well, you guys are doing this. So uh, I'm going to talk about it. And he's yeah. talking to the whole class, but he's really talking to Riley, who's she's like, fuck, man, this dude is targeting me. And I'm not the one that is trying to get him removed. It's my friend. So there's another again. There's another thing is like I am being a I'm being targeted again right. because of your aggression of for you know f- getting your agenda across which is tough it's tough when you're dealing with someone else who is so close with you there's drama trauma i meant to say you're dealing with their trauma yeah. as your ammunition it's tough because you have to that person has to be willing and able to show themselves out i mean it's it's tough guys so it's like you're uncomfortable because of the subject matter one, but I start me watching the movie. I start feeling uncomfortable with Chris. I think she's way too pushy, but we talked, we talked about that getting to the horror element. What's the big twist? What is the big twist, Danny? So there's all these clouded, shrouded, clouded, shrouded, <laughs> masked people. Uh, a, a broke man's Man. uh, ghost face is uh, going after these we, girls. We think there's happening. one. We sorry, excuse me. We do think there's one, and he gets the business really bad. Gets killed with the, the first one gets killed with the keys. Keys, keys. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, and, I think it's that's a big moment. Keys to the neck, keys to the neck, and dies. And they're like, oh, cool. He killed the bad guy, and then another one comes out, and he's got a fucking bow and arrow. And I think the first one had a bow and arrow. Then the second one, I don't know if he's got anything. Oh. And then the third one has a bow in it. Well, well look, so the, the twist is that you do think it's one character with within the figure with the mask, yeah. and it's revealed after you kill one, another one comes out. But when they when you kill <laughs> the way the twist was shot to like set it up, there's a security guard which at first I thought was a throwback to the original. He's fucking hilarious. Wait, the one in the this sec- one? Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's hilarious, he's just, but he's, he's, he's made like a, to be like a pig. He's like s- sitting there, doesn't believe Riley. Riley's telling her whole story about how our new Claire character is missing, I believe, or I don't know what she's what she's actually saying. But she, yeah, she's saying that her 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 friend is missing, but she's also saying I'm getting these texts. Oh, the text, the right? App. And the guy just doesn't believe her. He's making a sandwich. He bites the sandwich. Anyway, the security guy <laughs> is the one that kind of reveals the twist that there's more than one character. But the way that this was delivered, I was so fucking confused. I, right? Because like, so yes, yeah, yeah. He's security. He's not a cop, but he comes and he busts down the door right when they're going to kill. The, I think the second killer or the first kill. The first killer. They just killed that one security guy busts through a door of a different sorority house and there's sorority girls there killing another one of the hooded guys. Then we go back to Riley 
And I was like, wait, who the fuck are they? Right. And so then we go back to Riley and it's revealed that there's another killer in the same house. So all these girl, all oh. these uh, sororities uh, are being, uh, yeah, all these sororities are being attacked by these shrouded, you know, these masked men, right? When they die or when they're being killed, they're not bleeding normal blood, right? Because nobody makes them bleed their own blood. No, <laughs> uh, they're bleeding like this, like black goo, black Christmas goo, ah. black blood, black sails. No, so they are bleeding this goo, and it's like we've seen this goo before. I think Riley like touches a handle, and it's goo is on her hand. So it's like this, like goop goo. It's all this like coming out of these. Uh, these these figures when they when they die when they get dead ink goo whatever it is was used for an initiation into the deacons we saw that because riley stumbled into their initiation which is right. usually in basements i believe yeah in and, film uh, culture there's but. usually in basements and there's usually a goat no that's just texas a&m um so uh <laughs> uh so you have uh, it's re- the bust that was removed of the founder is now with the Deeks, and the goo is coming out of the bust. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, it's revealed that not only is Carrie always, which he's the biggest name as far as like what he's been in, he's the biggest name. So you're, it's like it's like Law and Order, da 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 da. This person, this person, and special guest star Jimmy Smith, and you're like, right. that's the uh, killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like you're like Harry always you're gonna be he's involved and yes he is like one of the main people with these deeks and it is revealed that the black goo coming from the founder is legitimately black goo coming from the founder's bust that gives the men the men in the deeks uh, fraternity special powers so that they can like kill and be invulnerable, yet they could still die, which then makes no sense. So then what's the black goo for? Anyway. Well, it's supposed to be like mind control, right? I mean, we see our our two possible decent guys of this film. They turn that can of tonic. They turn on the girls sort of thing. They have the cloaks on. They have their migraines. Yeah, so, so they have this like, yeah, these this sound can only affect men. And it is like their way to subdue them as far as like the deeks are concerned and they get these men and they put this black goo and that like, you know, gets them pretty much mind controlled and it is up to them to now attack all the girls. But this time, this time the girls fight back and every girl on campus, every sorority woman on campus is now uh, expertly trained in uh, weapons and fighting and (laughs) they're ready to fight back. There are, there are some moments that, you either think is laughable or you give the credit of it being just the artistic vision. Uh, one part that's laughable to me is Riley's plastic pink shovel ah. as she's going down. She's left her friends. Her friends say, fuck it. We're out of here. Cause they did get away. They're like, we're, we're leaving campus. And Riley says, no, I got to fight. I got to, you got to finish the deal. So she's got her pink plastic shovel. I know it's plastic because of the way it bends, the way it <laughs> scrapes. It doesn't sound like metal. <laughs> But when all the girls come through into the frat, I'm like, this isn't an artistic choice. These are the, the the girls coming in and taking care of business. This was the point. And there's even a, a line in there that you think the whole movie was written around. I think this movie uh, was totally written to get to this final line, which is Emil Jim Poots getting the bust. And she's about to, it's Riley, she's about to throw it down and... Uh, 
you know, Carrie always is like, no, please don't. You don't understand. And then, and then something about like, you know, don't break it or like, you know, we'll break you or something like that. And she's holding the bust just so she could say, we'll never be broken. And she's doing like this, like thing with her, like, yeah. and she take, you know, throws it down. I'm like, oh, that was, that was the moment you were leading up to. And I get it. While it's like all these fraternity dudes are like fighting with uh different yeah. uh, sorority uh, kind of remind me of the Kingsman movie where everything's just going off in the church <laughs> I don't know yes. if you ever saw that but that's what that scene reminds me of again I give it the it's a creative decision that was intended it's not supposed to be funny even though it can come off that way I think um I mean there there's certain times that like your ambition falls short of of your execution listen this movie had it had a purpose. It had an overlay of Black Christmas on it. Uh, there's a way to do these films, and like I, I, I go to like the Joker, where you can make it. You can make a film on so many different levels, where it's just entertaining for the surface level viewer, and then there's viewers like me and you, where we just start to dig, and they're like, oh, there's so many different layers where we can get out of this film. That's what this film wanted to be. I think the movie's uncomfortable. But there's no uncomfortable horror moments where I would go with like Lovecraft Country, which we kind of talked about the the most terrifying moments in that show, I think, are the social moments where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the main characters are these black characters that are getting driven out of town and basically told, like, you're not only going to die when the sun goes down because it's in my legal right to do, but you're going to die like real, like a real death, you know, kind of a thing. And I think that's a huge thing is like, it's my legal right to do is what that moment is. That's so, yeah. yeah, it's so well done and so terrifying when you use social moments to scare people. Uh, but that had a horror element to it. And this one doesn't have a horror element. It's just uncomfortable and it's important. But it's not a horror film. I think they try to make a social uh, a, a movie about so the social commentary about what's going on. Uh, it's not going on recently. This is an age old uh, problem and situation that I said women have to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. They don't have to be at a college and a sorority. I think they wanted to make it so much about that moment. And then they're like, well, as far as the horror element, I guess it could be that uh, – I don't know. There, there's black goo and there's mind control and you know, then yeah. they all fight back. Look, is it is it a uh, terrible movie? Absolutely not. No. But is it a good horror film as far as like what I consider to be great horror? Probably not. I guess at the end of the day, here is my biggest gripe with this movie. It has nothing to do with what's in the movie. It has everything to do with how fucking dare you take the name the sacred name of black christmas as far as it relates to slashers Mm -hmm. i mean this is the paradise in which we love (laughs) our slashers i am going to take exception to this you took the name of black christmas not to do anything with the original or remake it or whatnot because remakes can be good you took it just to put butts in the seats oh black christmas a new black christmas come watch it and you know what it had nothing to do with the original. No. What's wrong with calling it anything else besides Black Christmas? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Uh, I think that's that's the point is to get people like us to go watch this film that we otherwise probably would have no interest in until it was free on HBO. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would have watched this movie 
And any because it's like, yeah, I, I, I love a good psychological thriller or anything like that. But yeah. like, if you call it Black Christmas, you got my interest because I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I love, you know, it's like uh, trying new foods. You're like, yeah, I'll try everything once for the most part. And I, I get it. I mean, I think the playback is that I don't know if this is controversial, this film, but the original was with the abortion thing. But again, you took one element and expanded it over it and try to use that as like your way into the franchise, I guess, or we'll call it. But. I mean, I. I I think calling it Black Christmas is not a director or a writer call. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely the the higher ups as to what they're going to call it. So I don't I don't think that that was their choice to maybe make this the Black Christmas movie. So I'll at least give them the benefit of the doubt. But as far as a horror movie goes, it's okay. Yeah, that's a, that's where I'm at at it. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah. As far as a horror film goes. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about it, Danny? Uh, I will say that. Uh, Landon, we need more Landons. We need more 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 guys like Landons in 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 college. You know, in uh, being in real to, life. Yes, yeah. we, we need more Landons in real life. That guy was uh, he stood up for um, he spoke up when he needed to because, uh, you know, sh- you see something wrong, you got to speak up to it. But it was it was what's funny is the line he uses to try and distract the Deeks when she's trying to sneak in. He's like, I think you should, you could (laughs) suck a big fart. And I was like, ah, that's, that's insulting. (laughs) Well, it speaks to his innocence, I guess. And this, and he's just a sweet guy. He uses the, yeah, he sees like, Oh shit. And there's a bunch of them coming after me. Kind of a thing. I suck a fat fart. He was a funny character yeah you're right we need more of those guys in our real world yeah um as far as uh, a rating goes well how many candy canes do you this give is the uh culmination of our black christmas uh trilogy which is not really a trilogy but the, the three peat uh as far as how many candy canes i will give the final installment most final of black christmas two yeah two I'll, candy canes out of five i'll give it a two i don't know if i'll revisit this for a while but I may get there eventually where I'm like, kind of forgot about that. But uh, yeah, I'll give it a two, two candy canes. Um, I feel like the last one was a little more enjoyable, even in its terribleness, but it's a different terribleness uh, right. than anything else. So I, I will say that I think this movie speaks on maybe the era of horror that we're kind of entering where we take situational things and make that the uncomfortable or scary part I'm seeing mm-hmm. it in Lovecraft country and, and some other things. So I want, I'm wondering if that is where we're heading for this era. We had, I mean, I mean, horror well, no, films. No, hold on. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making a movie that is, uh, talking about talking about hot button or social com- dealing with social commentary and making it fucking terrifying right for me that's i mean you saw it in get out there's a way to do it yeah get there's, out was there's a brilliant way to do it was yeah fucking terrifying and i i don't i don't know if we we're going to mention those films but yeah we <laughs> we we get that in those films and and i think that's kind of the new era that's coming in horror films in general are always kind of a vessel for putting in the uncomfortable ideas of society and I think that might be where we're at is really pushing these new limits uh, that we need to push. Yep. Just got to find a a better way to do it. A good way to do it. At the end of the day, we are horror fans and we want to see a good scary movie. That's right. That's it. That's, that's where I think that's the perfect bow to put on that one. That's it. Yeah. Tie the bow. All right. Well, this is our show for black Christmas 2019. Wonderful. That's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows and Suck a fat fart.
<laughs> Join us next time in our Slashers Paradise.